You're listening to Comedy Central. Laverne Cox, welcome to the Daily Social Distancing Show. Thank you so much. It's so, um, this is wild. This is so interesting, this whole. <laughs> it's a very strange experience, yes? Have you gotten used to just meeting and talking to everybody like this? I, I have and I kind of prefer it. Can I tell you, before coronavirus, I never did video chats, like when I would meet guys on dating apps. I would always want to just meet in person. Now it's a pre- um, prerequisite. Now we have to video chat, um, and it's a great way to pre-screen. So now I'm going to be um, pre-screening um, all my potential dates um, via video chat. So thank you, COVID nineteen. Wait, okay, help me understand this though. What do you What do you think you get from the from the video chat that you wouldn't have gotten in person, or do you, or is it just for you that you don't have to go to the in person because you've done the video chat? Is that what it is? is you what it save is? time. You you eliminate a lot of people that you would have like wasted time going to meet, and so like you kind of know in like you know three to five minutes if there, if it's going to be a match. So it's just another. It's a pre screen. You have always been, I mean, one of the loudest and proudest LGBTQ act- activists out there. Like you, you became just like, like the archetype for what people hoped trans people could achieve, not just in acting, but in any field. You've come out with a, with a new documentary now that you are a part of and you've, and you've produced as well. And it's called Disclosure. And what I loved about it is it's a documentary taking us through how trans people have been portrayed by Hollywood and the entertainment industry for so long. Tell me why you chose to go with this route. I am obsessed with looking back in history and to help us understand why we are where we are now. And there's so much that hasn't been done around looking at trans history on so many different levels. And because my work is in the media and I'm obsessed with media and want to get do better and uh, want the media to do better, it made a lot of sense. We don't even think about it. From the time we're kids, we're receiving images, we're receiving images and in- images and video, and we just start to you know, assemble the world in our minds. There's no denying that trans has for a very long time been a punchline. Trans has been, you know, always displayed as the other, the scary, the punchline. It's, it's, it's been this thing. Over the past few years, we've, we've started seeing the change. But, but when you look at it as somebody who is trans, what, have you seen a big change? Has that change been enough? Enough is is relative, right? Like, um, what the film, one of the things that film grapples with is that there is indeed unprecedented representation of trans folks in the media that really probably began about six years ago. And Sam, his, um, our director, Sam Fader, noted that whenever there's increased visibility of a marginalized community, there's often backlash and there's often increased violence. And that is exactly what we're seeing with the increased murders of um, black trans women and with the legislative assault as well. So... Yes, things have gotten better in terms of visibility, and then there has been a backlash that we're seeing. And I think one of the most critical things that we should all remember is how the technique of divide and conquer works um, to divide marginalized people, right? So that um, I was so beautifully moved when I saw that protest for black trans lives, right? A, a little over a week ago. And yeah, in Brooklyn, so many yeah. people, yeah, and here in LA as well, uh, where folks were declaring that black trans lives matter, that we understand that all black folks are affected by systemic racism and that we have to come together and we all marginalized people have to come together. Here's a question I have for you that, that's a difficult one, and I, I would only ask you because I'm comfortable with you, but how do you think we get to the place where people can acknowledge their discomfort and their misunderstanding of a thing 
whilst not offending or, or, or discriminating, discriminating against the other person. How would you encourage that? You know, in, in the same way we're having conversations around race, how would you say to people, hey, let's try and encourage just a movement in and around trans awareness? I think we have to really learn how to sit with discomfort, period, right? I think whenever we, it is... It, we are called upon to interrogate our internalized racism, our internalized transphobia, and we all internalize these things as Americans, probably as citizens of the world. Um, and so we each have to be able to sit with that discomfort. I think so often when we are, when we come up against something that is uncomfortable for us, often we go into this defense mode. We go into fight, flight, or freeze. Oh my God, someone called me transphobic. Then I have to immediately defend that instead of taking a breath and taking a moment and sitting with the discomfort of maybe being called out. Maybe you weren't wrong. Maybe you were. We all have to struggle. So I think a lot of it's about learning how to sit with discomfort, not going into fight, flight, or freeze so we can actually hear what the criticism and the critique is. And then understanding that um, being uncomfortable does not mean that you are unsafe. Right. So there is a difference between um, what I with the bathroom conversation just makes me think so much about because um, for literally long, for every for a, a several years, it was all about bathrooms, banning right, right, people right, from right. bathrooms. Right. In the segregated South, white folks were not comfortable with black people in the bathroom with them. But did that mean that they were unsafe? And so what does it mean for us to sit with discomfort? What does it mean for us to really ask ourselves, are we not safe or are we just uncomfortable? I know you've been working on programs to try and help trans people break into the industry, you know, just behind, behind the cameras, and you're really pushing for how trans people are portrayed on screen. What are the big changes you think we need to make? I think the piece is how do we have um, diverse people in positions of power, right? One of the things I'm most proud of with Disclosure is that um, everyone on screen is trans and most of the people working behind the scenes on the crew are also trans. And in the case when we couldn't find someone trans to fill a role, um, we had a fellowship program where we um, had a cisgender person train the trans person. But it's not just about um, what Cornel West calls putting black faces in high places, right? It's not just about, you know, sort of putting, you know, diverse people in the same sort of corrupt systems. We have to um, change the way that power works. And so much of that is about, I believe, changing the material conditions of poor and working people, the people who are the most marginalized, to get them, you know, opportunities to work in the industry behind the scenes and then be truly elevated to positions of power to not just occupy the same sort of, you know, corrupt systems, but to change the system. Laverne Cox, thank you so much for joining us on the show. Thank you, Trevor. No, it's good to see you again. Great seeing you. The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, Ears Edition. Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central and the Comedy Central app. Watch full episodes and videos at thedailyshow.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And subscribe to The Daily Show on YouTube for exclusive content and more. This has been a Comedy Central podcast. <laughs> <laughs>